You would if you listened to the podcast, you wench. <laughs> Toes and his on his way. Bop, bop. Kiss her once for me. Ah, that's the spirit. Here we go. It's your your boys here. Uh, We are Real Rotten, the podcast where you watch movies underneath 25% on Rotten Tomatoes. The bottom quarter of every movie is for us. Heads or tails, Stephen? Heads or tails? Tails never fails, Nick. Well... It's wrong. It's heads, which oh. is the bottom side of this quarter, which means those are the movies we do on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm, okay. So Underneath 25%. That's very heady of you to do, to say that, by the way. We are the uh, the podcast that uh, listens to uh, the tracks that didn't make the second album, the B-side. We are, we're the ones who are like, give us those give us those discards that have no uh, lyrics on them. Yet. After they were viciously murdered, the artist uh, finds these podcasts uh, and, and or these movies. And releases them uh, yeah. posthumously, probably ten years down down after their death. Yeah, shout out to uh, uh, Seth Rogen, a dear friend of mine, because I just listened to his uh, audio book. Oh boy! So now we're uh, we're friends, and he has a, a, a an anecdote where he talks about him and his wife listening to a Kanye West album, and Kanye was like, "Come to my van, let's listen. You're going to listen to my entire album." And he did, and then it was two and a half hours of him in the van just playing beats and then saying what he would say over the beats, and then the the album came out a year and a half later, and not one song that they heard was on the album. So uh, we're like Seth Rogen in that situation. We watched the, we watch the movies that barely get made. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. They barely even uh, get recognition or even a coherent thought with uh, 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 pen on paper. Episode one hundred and twenty five. Congratulations. 125. Uh, th- that means something, right? 125 is like is something. It's like a sesquicent- sesquicentennial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the uh, it's the uh, Jade anniversary, I think. If I'm not mistaken, the Canada Jade anniversary. Time. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Jade anniversary? Yes, yeah, the Jade anniversary. Where you live forever. <laughs> it's our 125th anniversary, darling. It's the Time Stone <clears throat> anniversary. Speaking of Time Stone. That is Stone, the 35th. Uh, we'll have our Spider-Man reviews at the end of this podcast. Yeah, uh, sure so uh, spoiler alert. So that's coming up. Uh, other things we're going to talk about. It's our last Nick Cage movie of the year. And it's our last Christmas movie of the year. It's the only Christmas movie that we did. Last all year. podcast of the year. Last podcast of the year. We uh, got some big podcast announcements at the end of the podcast as well. We got something. I don't know what it is. Uh, well, we're we're gonna fake it. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna say something at the end. So if you if you want to know the big news, skip to the end right now. If you want to have fun, to know. stick around. Yeah, absolutely. Because stick uh, around. Tell you, we had a lot of fun watching this one. We're gonna do our top five Nick Cages. Yes. Of all time, it has it has finally come. Uh, we 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 uh, subjected set, ourselves to we a set lot this, of Nick Cage. Uh, we set this baby to bed. The how do you think the year of Cage the year in a cage went? Year of living uh, in a cage. Uh, you know, run it, it back. Are you are you trying to say run it back? Uh, I feel like uh, <laughs> I feel a sequel coming on. That's all. I, that's <laughs> yeah. all I'm gonna say. 
<laughs> I thought it was pretty successful. Uh, we we went through some good, bad Nick Cage movies. Went so, through some bad, bad Nick Cage movies. Uh, we left a little bit on the table, so there's still some scraps if we need them for uh, for another day. But uh, yeah, I pocket. think overall we've done on the podcast alone around uh, eight to ten Nick Cage movies. So. Yeah, yeah. I think it, I think he he deserves a little rest. Uh, so we're gonna give it uh, a little bit of a rest. I can't wait for that. Uh, movie news. Uh, do you have any new holiday traditions? New holiday traditions. Um, wallowing in self pity. Can I just use that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I would say a, a new uh, a new tradition would be uh, a sweater wearing. I'm wearing a lot of sweaters, not hooded sweaters. Oh, not a lot of jackets, just just uh, crew crew sweaters in general. I think. The thing that people, is it a Christmas movie? Is, you know, it's it's a thing that people always argue about. Is yeah. it a Christmas movie? I think right. one criteria of a Christmas movie that we don't really talk about is sweater wear. Sweater usage. Yes. Yes. It has to be present, which, by the way, this movie has excellent sweater Great usage. Great sweater wear. We'll, we'll get into that, though. I, I liked minimum four sweaters in this movie. There's four sweaters that I wanted to own on the spot. To and one day. that I thought that I, I do own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I know which one you're talking about. I think once we hit the age... Of where we are now, or maybe it's just the fashions coming back around. Ugly sweaters were a thing a little while ago, but now it's turning into like you want aesthetically pleasing yet still ugly sweaters. I yes. think that's what people you want. Are doing you now. want a uh, uh, campy, campy, campy sweaters. sweaters. Yeah, 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 for sure. Ironically fun, but you can wear day. them all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, what's what what movie news you got though? Nick? I got an RTRCP, which is a real rotten recap. So, wow. uh, a lot of movies came out. Over this uh, this holiday time, oh, the, did they? The King's Man, mm, yeah, King's Man, not looking the good. The prequel, forty three percent Rotten Tomatoes, good. not looking good. Oh, not great, not great, not great. The Tender Bar, the new Affleck vehicle that he is uh, that he's touring around. Is he directing? I think it's a Clooney directed movie. The Tender Bar. So is it like a play? Is it like a yeah, tender jo- George story? Clooney? George Clooney directed. Uh, it tells the story of J.R. Played by Ty Sheridan, a fatherless boy growing up in the glow of a bar where the bartender, his uncle Charlie, Ben Affleck, is the sharpest, most colorful of an assortment of quirky and demonstrative father figures. Uh, I think Tom Cruise needs to sue because this is a cocktail sequel. Yeah, Sorry. it's. Uh, I hope that it, it really bombs so that we can be on the podcast, but it's at 49%. Not great, not great, not great. Yeah, let's keep it. Let's keep that momentum going. I'm uh, that one. Kyle's here to talk about The Matrix Resurrections, which he watched last night. Here is Kyle's live review. It was decent. <laughs> that's that's the little text that we got from Kyle. <laughs> it was decent. <laughs> so, shout out to Kyle. Yeah. Uh, there is some good We're news. Tragedy. All that out. <laughs> tragedy of Macbeth, 96%. Yeah. Tragedy so gotta of like that. Gotta like that. Yeah. Yeah. A little Joe, Joe Cohen action and Francis McDormand Denzel view. Uh, Power of the Dizog, 95. And uh, Spider-Man. Our boy Spider-Man. No Way Home. What do you get? Uh, 90s, right? 90s. In the 90s. Yeah, so uh, congrats, congrats to Spiderman. We watched that over the weekend as well. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, it was good. So it was more than decent. How about that? Yeah, more than decent. More than decent. Yeah, I know. I've I've seen it, so that makes me a better uh, comic uh, book fan than some people. So I'm at least uh, at least I have that going for Yeah, me. hopefully Kyle's editing this right now so he can edit out the part where we say... Uh, Willem Dafoe's just divine. Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of Willem Dafoe, uh, he's not in. He might be. Robert Eggers. Oh, yes, he is. He is in. He is Nor- in? He's in The Norseman. Oh, boy. 
we might have to just do a movie review podcast for uh, for a certain film coming out in April of next year. The Northman, Robert Eggers, our boy Bobby Eggs, Bobby Eggs, Bobby Eggs over easy. If he, you ask uh, me. the man who helmed he, the lighthouse, he gets me over easy, is what I'm the trying one to say. who uh, created the Vitch, the Double V Witch, the Vitch. with uh, the classic and maybe my favorite goat character of all time. Yeah, Black, Black Philip. Yeah, Black Phillip. Uh, forever praise of the almighty Black Phillip. Uh, but we haven't even said who we're here to talk about. I mean, who wouldn't want to taste deliciously? Live deliciously. Yeah, if if I had to choose between being trapped in paradise or being... Or living deliciously? Living deliciously. Which one do you go with? I think you go living deliciously. I'm living deliciously. You know that there's yeah. some fucked up shit that's going to go down, but you know that that's the way to go. Yeah, you'll get through it. Trapped in paradise. Can't wait. The word trapped automatically uh, worries you. Yeah. Living deliciously. You know you're murdering, but you know you're going to have a good yeah, time. Yeah, unless they spelled trap, T-R-A-P-T, I wouldn't worry that much. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just have questions. Yeah, we're the real Trapped House, and we're here to talk about Trapped in Paradise, <laughs> the Nick Cage Christmas movie. Not the not the good one, the bad one. The bad one. Uh, we're going to get a little taste of it right now. Meet the Furpo Brothers. Bill. I'm robbing a bank! The brains of the bunch. The bank is across the street. Dave. Ah! The brains of the bunch. Get your hands up! And Alvin. I made four lefts. The brains of the bunch. Four lefts! And I start going, you idiot! Are you sure? Is it any wonder they're trapped in paradise? They didn't have a shred of evidence except for our fingerprints. Rated PG-13. Starts Friday, December 2nd at theaters everywhere. Bada boom, biggity boom boom. Hey, hey, it's Brittany. Hey, Brittany, how you, how you doing? How you doing? I forgot I was supposed to do this spiel the whole entire time. I'm supposed to be talking like Dana Carvey. Who's he? He's a little bit more mousy, right? And we're in the middle of recording a podcast. Our producer is here to uh, help address us, help help us get through this movie, just as she's getting through it herself. Yeah, Brittany, what part of the movie are you in? Um, I was just at the part where he yells, oh, God, he's got a gun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good interpretation of Nick Cage yelling out he's got a gun. Yeah, yeah, a lot of Nick Cage yelling in this movie, which we'll, we'll talk about. Yeah, we're going to get into it. But first, the critical and audience uh, uh, rating, as I think according to Real Rotten. Is Stevie and uh, Dana Carvey's Alvin, are they related? No, no. Your boy, your boy Stevie? <clears throat> no, I think, uh, I, I think Stevie's got a little bit of a speech impediment. <laughs> But then uh, Alvin is uh, he's more eloquent in his speech. He doesn't know what he's talking about. After yeah, that. they're both New York boys, though, at the very least. Yeah, they're both from that from that swamp. Five percent of Rotten Tomatoes, forty-one audience percentage. That's a huge discrepancy. <laughs> like I don't I don't see why. Maybe because it's it has the those the famous actors, and maybe it was on TV so much it has forty-one percent. But but five seems more like it than forty-one. I just wanted to point that out. I don't know. It's not as egregious as five, I don't think. Five is, but but that's what I'm saying. Is like five is the actual rating of this movie. This is a fine percenter. This is not a good movie, but we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about it. Yeah. What's the critical consensus, Nick, of uh, Trapped in Paradise? Loaded with talent, but borderline unwatchable, Trapped in Paradise will leave viewers feeling the first part of the title and pining for the last. Wow. I'll pine for the last... Cigarette in this container. Am I right, Nick Cage? Yeah. Oh man, he classic was... chain smoking Cage movie. <clears throat> That's what you a... gotta love that. This about is it. major uh, Nick Cage smoking a lot of clove cigarettes. Oh, if I was gonna write a review that would get published on Rotten Tomatoes, that that would be in mine for sure. What's but your, what's the your one I chose is from Janet Maslin, our girl at the New York Times. Mm. 
It's a minor holiday miracle that this homie comedy barely lets it even chuckle. Wow. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with you, Janet. Uh, Destin Thompson in the Washington Post, he, he said, quote, The question is, can a trio of amiable goofballs take you through a movie that's, uh, well, not so great? And the question is, no, it doesn't work. Sorry. It's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of comedic talent here. There's a lot of uh, straight acting talent uh, present, and it just doesn't work. Yeah, this this movie is a classic. Uh, did we have a plan? No. Movie? Yeah. I don't think we did. No. I think somebody came up with another idea, and then we went and did that one, and then we had to get to the next idea from there. Yeah. It's one of those movies. I feel like it. Very phoned in, very like studio throwing money at, at a director to, to just make something funny. Our guy Ebes did do this movie? He did. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It wow. kind of snuck in there. Yeah, it kind of snuck in there. Odd G-Bert uh, segment gave this film a, a one half a star out of four. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I looked. I read his entire article, and it was pretty good. But the but the blurb uh, is the winner here. Um, he he said about the movie, "quote It should be preserved by the Library of Congress." Period. A, That's all he said. Wow. Yeah, great. What knows? a great yeah. review. Oh, there's a little bit more here. Oh, okay. As an example of creative desperation, it plays <laughs> like a documentary about a group of actors forced to perform in a screenplay that contains not one single laugh or moment of wit or flash of intelligence. He's scorched the earth with uh, trapped, earth. trapped in paradise. So I think that they're yelling at one guy in particular, and we're going to get to that guy. Yeah, we will. But uh, first, yeah, let's first let's get factual. Well, the water outside is factual. Release date: December third, nineteen ninety four. Where yes, were sir. you, Stephen? Where were you? Where were you on this day that the bank was robbed? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I, I have no idea. No idea? No idea. Probably you were, you were ready about, for Christmas. Yeah, you're like six years old. You're probably sh- shooting shooting the shit around in the on, on the farm. It's probably me. It was probably raining and I didn't have any pants on and I walked to my grandmother's house wearing cowboy boots. So yeah, that's probably that's probably right around that age. Uh, yeah, you still do that. So that's nice. PG thirteen is the rating. Uh the runtime, hundred and eleven minutes. I hour, like the, I like the one one one. I don't like it when it's spelled when it's, out to what it actually is. Yeah, an hour and fifty one minutes. Brutal. Brutal. Brutal, brutal, brutal runtime. Especially movie. for uh, ideas that they come up with on the fly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> a lot of it improv and uh, increased budget and, and blank checks. I'm going to look up the editor of this movie and we're going to talk about him. I don't give a fuck uh, who, yeah. what they do now, but we're going to find out. Yeah, that he wasn't he wasn't as memorable as their cinematographer. I don't know. I'm going to dox him. I'm <clears> going <throat> to tag- dox him no matter what. Taglines of the movie. Uh, there's three. Story of a town that gave so much, dot, dot, dot. Even these guys couldn't take any more. Uh, second one, the Furpo brothers can get away with anything. They just can't get away. <laughs> and then three, small town, dot, 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 big trouble. I love a small town, big trouble uh, tagline. That's that's the one I'm going with. I'm going with uh, the best town on earth has the worst security. Wow. Yeah. Um, Even though you wouldn't know that by the end of the movie. Yeah. You would think that half the town is just cops ready to roll. Yeah. I would say my, my uh, tagline is this paradise is lost. No? Yeah, no, I like that, except uh, it just brings up, you know, memories of, you know, really sad stuff. I mean, they're in they're in hell, basically. Yeah. I feel like they're in they're in karm- karmatic hell. Karmatic? Karma? Karma? Karma-ish hell? Yeah, camera. 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 That's how New Yorkers say karma. Oh, I believe it's, uh, I believe her name is pronounced Kamala. Oh, okay, okay. I'm sorry. Go right ahead. Cancel me, please. Plot <laughs> keywords, brother-brother relationship. Brother-brother relationship. Uh, you don't see many of those movies, okay. I'll tell you that much. Uh, I want you to tell me what it's like. 
What's it like to have a brother? <laughs> yeah, a brother-brother relationship. I I, uh, I I have two sisters. Uh, Brindy has one sister. We need to know what it's like to have a brother. In, uh, in, uh, in, in the beginning, it's a lot of confrontation. Okay. A lot of hostility. <laughs> yeah. A lot of... Uh, a lot of... Uh, for- <laughs> A lot of forced love, <laughs> but uh, it eventually blossoms into a uh, you know a uh, loving, uh, co- comradic uh, relationship. You know, it just takes time, as with all uh, as with all sibling relationships. It's it's just more of a physical thing. Like I'm not stone cold stunning my sister, but uh, you know I'm the one getting stone cold stunned. Yeah, you guys have some like masculinity you got to work out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of sniping at each other, you just punch punch each other. If your brother just got out of jail. Would you take him to go rob a bank? Uh, is the love is the love there enough? I mean, I'm not broke, so probably not. If I was in Nick Cage's situation, uh, uh, which, to put it lightly, he wasn't broke, so I don't know why he'd put himself in that situation. <laughs> the 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 motivation is something we should talk about later. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, plot uh, other plot keywords: hostage. Yep. Christmas. Yeah. Got to include Christmas. I mean, it's on Christmas Eve. There you go. I think it's a movie that just so happens to take f- place on Christmas yeah, Eve. No, but it is a it, it is a few one of the few Christmas movies where it does the entire thing takes place on Christmas Eve. Yeah. It's very subtle. The 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 Christmas tones are very subtle when in you, this when film. People underestimate how much of Christmas movies take place on Christmas. A lot of them don't take place on don't. just Christmas. Yeah, it's uh, like the one one scene takes place on Christmas. Yeah, instead of the entire film taking the longest. Except Christmas Die Eve Hard, of all which time. of course takes the entire time in one day. And cri- yeah, but it's an it all time one day, an all time one day movie, except for uh, the very last. Except scene. for nineteen seventeen. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and heist. Heist is the, is the final one. Do we say bank robbery? Bank yeah. robbery and heist. Those no, are the same, last two same, same shit, stupid. different, uh, different verbiage. Yeah, stupid. Uh, budget unknown. Looked it up. Could not find it. There is zero talk of a budget, and I really want to know what it is because the worldwide take is six million dollars. Okay, this so is gotta a, be we got a job. Out. We got a job for Britney's. Uh, what do we call it? Uh, I'm on it. Britney's factual beats. Britney's factual beats. She's uh, gonna hit hit the streets and find the beats. No, get the beat on facts. Get the beat on the facts. <laughs> She's going to beat the facts into the dirt. Into the dirt. It did make $6 million worldwide, which seems like not a lot of money in 1994. Uh, $6 million in 1994 is now... $16 million? <laughs> it's not 60. No way. It's about $11 million yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, 16 was a better guess. Not enough. Yeah. Not enough. Not enough. No, no. I'm sure this budget was well over 20. Uh, but we'll see. We'll yeah. see, won't we? We'll, we'll talk about it. Uh, trivia. Uh, couple, I had a couple bits of trivia, so Nick, you go right ahead. Uh, I didn't want to step on any of yours, so I found, I found, I dug deep. Mm. Into the snow. Jumped out of the moving car, which happens often in this movie. Yep. <laughs> People leave moving cars. Moving vehicles a lot. Yeah. And uh, and then I, I dove into the snowbank, and I found a little fact. And it, it's that Nick Cage's longtime stand-in, Marco Curis, mm-hmm. uh, this was his first job. Wow. He so worked he... with Nick Cage for 10 years. Uh, they, they did this movie together, and uh, he was like, hey, I want you to come work with me. And then that's when he found out that he was going to have to stand outside in minus 25 degree weather for wow. an entire movie. Wow. But fun go. fact, it was not his least favorite experience. His least favorite movie was The Weatherman because that was actually colder. Wow, it was colder in The Weatherman. <laughs> I think because uh, he had to wear like a business casual suit like The Weatherman does out on the streets of in the winter. But yeah, here rough. he got to, here he got to wear some uh, 
some bundled up clothing. It's pretty like, damn tight. As we said, good sweater. Good sweater movie. Good sweater Probably, movie. Probably uh, real uh, Rotten Tomatoes ninety four percent. It's up sweater there. wise. It's up there for sure. Yeah, definitely certified fresh sweater sweater wise. Absolutely. Uh, what are your facts? Well, I do have one bit that that includes two facts. It's it's Lovitz leaving it all out on the line. <laughs> Apparently, in a in an interview, John Lovitz, who's a co star of the film. Uh, said that director George Gallo did not actually direct much and told the cast to do whatever they wanted. According to, <laughs> according to him, uh, Nicolas Cage actually directed some of the film because Gallo refused to give direction. Why, why would you refuse to give direction? And then uh, uh, Lovitz claimed the cast hated making the movie so much they called it Trapped in Bullshit. <laughs> so he's just uh, burning bridges with George Gallo, but who knows, maybe that's a good bridge to burn. My, my last bit of trivia is, uh, is another George Gallo... Uh, I guess a directorial move. The three-legged dog tripod was added to the script when the director saw the dog and its owner among spectators watching the film uh, uh, being made in Ontario. So, <laughs> hey, I like that three-legged dog. I'm going to put it in my movie. And then you're going to talk about it and make sure you get a shot of it. This may be a hot take, but you can't name a three-legged dog tripod anymore. Or can you only name it tripod? That's the question. You name it tripod or you name it like triangle or triforce or something. That's bringing something attention to the last leg. Can Triceratops. They, can't they, can they still just have a regular dog name? I mean, they could, but but what's the fun in that? Yeah. You want to bring attention to the missing leg? People are going to notice. <laughs> I mean, people already <laughs> notice, so you might as well make fun of the noticeable thing. I don't know. I, I think that's fucked up, my opinion. Wow. Wow. Well, so there's uh, somebody's opinion for he's you. He's out. Uh, George Gallo also wrote uh, Bad Boys. He wrote the original story of Bad Boys. Uh, he, uh, if we're speaking of the Who's, he wrote and directed this movie. He also uh, he, George Gallo might be our guy. So not only <laughs> did he do Midnight Run, he did Sea Spot Run. He did Double Take. Uh, he has the characters uh, featured in Bad Boys too. He's got a lot of movies that are future contenders for wow. our podcast. Is this our, this is our first George Gallo though, huh? I think it's our I first mean, George if, Gallo. Not, if you're not counting his his characters credit on Bad Boys too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think we might have mentioned him. Uh, we'll have to check the tape on that. He's also a real life a frogman looking guy, which yeah. is cool. Real, real froggy fella. Looks like a frog guy. A uh, notable crew in this uh, is Jack N. Green, the cinematographer. This guy, I think if we became professional cinematographers, we would want this guy's career. He is the the go-to cinematographer for all of uh, Clint Eastwood movies. So, <laughs> so he won the Oscar for Unforgiven. Um, did he win or he got nominated? He's got the best job in Hollywood because Clint only wants one take. And exactly. He's good. Easy money. Uh, he's also worked on The 40-Year-Old Virgin, Speed 2, Rookie of the Year, 51st Dates, Rookie uh, of the Year, 51st Dates? Yeah. And wow, then he's already got dates. two of my top five movies of all time. Yeah, see, there you go. He's got <laughs> 40 year old Virgin, and you can't go wrong with that. But he also has Speed 2, which is a future contender. We're doing Speed 2 next year. He's, it's uh, it's, it's an anniversary. Over. Speed wow. Speed 2, we're doing next year. Jason so, Patrick, uh, eat your heart out. We so, might have to get uh, his cameo. Start watching it now, because you're going to have to watch it a few times before we're ready. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, actors in this film, of course, the lovely uh, uh, Nick Coppola, a.k.a. Nick Cage. Uh, John Lovitz. Is this our first Lovitz movie? Well, he was in Little Nicky. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, first Carvey movie? Yeah, but we also... Master, Master of Disguise is Future coming Contender. Up. Coming yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, but that's the that's an all-time movie, apparently. Yeah, it's uh, an all-time But it's our first Carvey movie, which I'm surprised about. M- Mad Shinamic, who is, uh, who is most famous for being in uh, Twin Peaks. Yep. Uh, John Ashton, who was the bank manager? I don't remember who he was. Uh, we're just going to mention Richard Jenkins because Richard Jenkins is Richard a goat. Richard Jenkins. Goat. Crushed. Goat, that guy. Yeah. Goat, that guy who became a supporting second banana. Yeah. Really Os- good second banana. Uh, future Oscar winner. Richard future Jenkins. Oscar winner. Yeah. Yeah. 
Amazing. Uh, and then Don Moffat. Who the fuck cares? But uh, uh, <laughs> back to the editor, the guy that I was going to scold, but now I'm not going to scold because you know what other movies this man has edited? Yeah. My guy, Terry Rawlings. Yeah, Terry Rawlings. Nominated for an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Edited. Alien. Mm-hmm. Blade Runner. Yep. Chariots of Fire. Yep. The Core. Yeah, The Core. Aaron Eckhart's finest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's exactly what everybody says. And uh, GoldenEye, as well as GoldenEye was the movie he did right after this. Uh, he did Alien oh, wow. 3, which is probably when things started dropping off for him. Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, yeah. Phantom of the Opera in 2004 was his last movie, but I thought we'd be able to hate this guy more, but mm, Can't. he's back. We've actually done a Terry Rollins movie before, U.S. Marshals. Yeah, see? There you go. And uh, yeah, I told you, cinematographer was better. better go, but you questioned my authority. Yep. Movie plot. Nick, go ahead and take it away. Fresh out of prison, Alvin and Dave Furpo. Let's talk about the names. <laughs> Their last name is Furpo. Furpo, all-time name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just makes you laugh even hearing it. Yeah, I think it's if we can give George Gallo credit for one thing, it's naming Furpo. I mean, it's a wannabe uh, uh, Marx Brothers name. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's I think just maybe like that's so what silly. It, maybe that's what it really gives you is that it, it, it just harkens. It's just like a, it's like an onomatopoeia. Yeah. It just sounds funny. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Brittany. I need you to come out of your searching for a second. Uh, Furpo, what's what's your what's your thoughts on the name Furpo? Are we talking about the last name Furpo? Yeah, yes. the last as a last name. If your if Anthony's name if his last name was Furpo, how would you feel? Would you take the last name? Well, the relationship had changed. Would you? It's a little out there. Would you take it? Uh, It'd be Brittany yeah, Furpo. Brittany Furpo. <laughs> I don't know. I might keep my my own last name in that. <laughs> okay, that's that's pretty messed up, but we'll uh, we won't tell him and we'll move on. Just amazing. I have mean, it, it brings a whole nother dimension. Have you found the budget yet? <laughs> no. Yeah, that's what no, we needed you to find was the budget. See? Okay, it's unknown. We we got to call so George Gallo. Pages. Okay, I don't think that we're going to be able to find it. Get out. George on the horn. I need to talk to him. Okay, back to the story. Uh, they pull their brother, Bill, uh, back into a life of crime, but the sibling's foolproof bank heist takes a tailspin when Alvin gets lost in the getaway car. That's how the criminal nitwits end up trapped in a snowbank, Berg of Paradise, Pennsylvania. I mean, that's wrong, right? <laughs> no, they do. They get lost. That's how they, they get lost, and then they, get, they careen over the bridge. Remember, and their car gets but wrecked. But they they were already in paradise. So they're and remember the the whole, the whole in the trailer, Dana Carvey. I took four. I took four left turns. Yeah, yeah, I know they took four left turns, but they they were still they were in paradise to begin with. Now they're now they're because they were them. leaving and got lost. Oh. That's what it was on Christmas Eve with a bag of full of stolen cash, with suspicious police on one side and hospital hospitable town folk on the other. Could a change of heart be far away? Wow, would have given it away real rotten or rotten tomatoes. Yeah, so, <sighs> so lame. That's it. Not even. That's not even the whole the whole story, Nick. That's like, not the whole story. You got to give us. This is the, this is asking for real now. Yeah, we're asking the real question. Tell me here. the story, because I, I don't know. I have a real question. Can all of these things happen in one day? Yeah. No. Here we go. No. They go to a bank in the morning. They go to the store to buy masks to rob said bank. They go back to the bank, rob the bank. But while they're robbing the bank, they have to go to the restaurant across the street to get the bank. Get the bank guy. To get the bank manager's keys. To open the vault, which they do. They escape. They drive around for a while of Dana Carvey making multiple left turns. They and drive around for what seems like six hours. Yeah, it's dark. It's dark, and they leave in the middle of the day. Let let it be noted, it's dark. 
They crash into a snowbank. They get picked up by the son of the bank manager, taken back to the bank guy's house, where they have dinner, get sweaters, great sweaters, where the uh, the woman, Sarah Collins, Sarah Collins takes them to the bus station so they, they can leave because she knows that they robbed the bank. They can't get on the bus because there's a big hoop brouhaha because two, uh, two town folk who think they're deputies try to solve the crime. Then they go to the river to get on a boat to get away. They don't, that ends up not working. Danny Carvey goes into the water, almost drowns, where they're saved by a pastor who gives mouth to mouth to Danny Carvey. And Four elderly people who, <laughs> elderly who people. pull this guy out of the river, and they don't die themselves, let alone Danny Carvey. They don't die. They take him, save him. Everybody's fine. Then they go to church. At the church, they steal a horse and buggy, and then then they make their getaway. Then they're as they're about to get away, they have to save the horse who tra- who gets trapped yep, the, in a creek. The, the horse gets trapped in a creek. Like not even <laughs> they won't even sink. It'll just get stuck there. Yeah, frozen water. And then uh, so I'm they, at that part right now. So now you're gonna ruin everything. That's okay. fine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So now and then the, and then Brittany uh, earplugs. Then they go to the diner where Nick Cage decides to give the money back. He takes a ride with the mobsters. <laughs> takes a ride with the mobsters to get back to paradise. The mobsters, who we haven't even talked about, they... Escape convicts. Yeah, yeah. the escape convicts who have their mother trapped in the trunk. Yeah. Which... Kidnapped the mom. We're not going to explain the context either. It's they kidnap the mom. They go back to the bank manager's uh, place, and they hold the entire family hostage. Then uh, that's when uh, the boys show up, and the boys get held hostage as captives. The feds then storm the house, uh, and then the and then they get all arrested. But then they're acquitted uh, once they're once they're at the office because all the citizens uh, vouch for them because they thought they were good guys. All that happened. It took it took us it took us three and a half minutes to say all that. Yes. No and wonder this movie's an hour. It took them minutes. an hour and thirty minutes to show all that. Yes. Because yes. I think that fifteen minutes, twenty minutes in is when everything starts. I to think happen. this ties into Pearl Harbor because this this movie should have been called the longest day. This <laughs> movie was so long for really no reason. Atrocious. So now atrocious storytelling. Yeah, now you don't have to watch the movie except Brittany, who has to keep watching the movie because it's part of her job yeah, as producer. Job. So she. Uh, it's she, a Christmas movie that she hasn't got, seen before. She's got about a half hour left, so I think that we'll, we'll be near done by the time uh, she finishes. Yeah, pretty sure. My uh, only other real question is why isn't a matching Amic a superstar? Yeah, I mean she was in Twin Peaks. She and was. You, she was okay in this movie. She was all right. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think just uh, life happened, maybe for yeah. Her? Maybe maybe it was life. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's something else. Yeah, yeah. Life or something like it. Wow, future contender. What's uh? Are you for real from this movie? Uh, you you hit the nail right on the head. Uh, it's the accents. A lot of the accent action is just really bad. Like Nick Cage's accent specifically. The brothers in general. Like John Lovitz was passable. Everybody else had a terrible New York accent. Um, Nick Cage kept going in and out of his New York accent. The lack of of Pennsylvania accents in Paradise, Pennsylvania. Like, come on, give me, give me. Some Yeah, I want some. I want some water. I want to talk about homes. Oh, wouldn't that that would have really improved this movie if there was a little bit more of that? A lot some of rolling ho- rocks. Some people sipping ro- some hoagies. Yeah, I have hoagie. Hoagie. Yeah, it's great. Wow, we should pay Kate Winslet to come on this podcast and say the word hoagie for us, please. Cut that part out, Kyle. Um. Yeah, I'll what's, your, you whatever what's your for you real? I'll pay you whatever you want, Kate Winslet. Uh, what's my, your for real? My for real brother? was that uh, I'm trying to find it where in Nick Cage's career this happened. Why so that everybody just talk like Dana Carvey? That's my for real moment. Why don't you just talk like this the whole time? So did Nick Cage start yelling 
in Vampire's Kiss. Was that like his first yeah? He went movie? a little wild there. Um, and he went a little wild in um, what's the other one? Firebirds. He was kind. Of, he wasn't he yelly he in wasn't Firebirds. We yelly did that in Firebirds. Yeah, yeah, we did that. He wasn't, he wasn't yelly. He was just like. I'm uh, wondering when he became yelly because this. He, he was experimenting with it in this movie. He would just kind of pop off. Yeah, yeah. Vampires kiss for sure. The, I mean, he did it. It can happen to you, and he wasn't that yelly in that. Um, so I would say between. It can uh, happen to you is a, a major underrated uh, Cage movie. Between uh, Vampires Kiss and uh, Raisin Arizona, because he wasn't really yelly in Raisin Arizona, but he had his yelly moments. Like for comedic purposes, so I think that's where it might have been born. True, true, true. I think it was Nick kind of yeah, expo- you know, exploring some space. It might have been Dana Carvey too. They might have gotten tired of what they were doing. Yeah, as as the movie got along, and they kind of lost their accent. I'm sick of your accent, shut up. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's the real good part of the movie, though, is just Nick Cage going off in random moments. Like the whole finger pointing argument scene between him and his brothers is really good. I really enjoy him like losing it, and then John Lovitz making fun of him, and then Danny Carvey making fun of the both of them. That was pretty good. Um, I thought they all were good. Between the between each other, yeah, good, good brother, good di- banter, good brother brother relationship. John Lovitz, I think, phoned it in the most for sure, though. Like he could have done a lot more than he did. I think that was the. I think that was my main issue between anything, the three brothers. It's like he never had any lines. They're just like John makes stuff up, and then mm-hmm. he was like, "Can't you just give me a little something?" Yeah, just give me some. Yeah, just give me some. Give me the foundation. I'll fill in the. I'll fill in the the aesthetically pleasing parts. Speaking of phoning it in, uh, George Galler wrote in like. Three mentally handicapped people into this movie. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what, the, why, and then didn't use, didn't use handicapped people as actors. Like, if you, if anything, if you're gonna include all these people, make them, make use of them. Like, come on, don't give me real actors pretending to be slow. Uh, uh, what worked for you, Nick? Did anything work for you in this film? There were uh, a few good jokes in this movie, a few bad jokes. The best joke, though, uh, Richard Jenkins. When they're calling in the license plate of the two dumb brothers who think they're the deputies, and mm-hmm. their license plate is D U H, oh yeah, and he has to pause and say, uh, "Oh, uh, of course they're, of course their license plate is duh, duh, yeah, uh, duh, uh, uh duh." duh. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty good. It's a pretty good joke. Jenkins is a good. Uh, Jenkins he, crushed this movie. He's he, always he's great. also my uh, who worked. He, he for sure worked. Yeah, that's. I think we could both agree on that. Yeah. Uh, his he, he, the, he was uh, he was the straight man, the FBI guy in the movie, and he he did more than what was needed of him. Yeah. His uh, complaining rant where he talks about how he's missing the turkey and he didn't even see the thing pop up. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought that was pretty. That was a pretty good uh, little joke right there. Uh, the worst for me was the entire bank family. They did nothing. They they did nothing like the bank manager was whatever like yeah, it could have been trash. it could have been so much more that, that was in my are you for real my are you for real was like the the people of paradise they're supposed to be really likable but they, they didn't really do they really do for me what, Not, what nothing, makes me like you besides saying please and thank you yeah nothing about them was like fun or like made me want to like hang out with them right. except that they give you. Some cool sweaters to wear i mean yeah. good for them there that's cool yeah Brittany, what do you what's your sweater grade in this movie yeah we need to talk let's talk about the sweaters. let's talk about sweaters yeah. Brittany. what what do you think of the sweaters in this movie i'm, I'm watching the scene right now where they're running away from the cafe <laughs> or the the diner and they're in the sweaters i think they got us the gifts yeah 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 right they're just so classic i would definitely uh put those on my bed or turn them into pillows 
turn them into pillows. Yeah, well, yeah. They're, yeah, they're... you could like cut them up and sew them and make them into pillows because <laughs> I would never wear them. <laughs> I don't know. I think Dana Carvey's reindeer sweater is legitly a, a legit good sweater. Hold on. I got something for you if you like that. Come again anytime. Thanks for the Thank soup. you. Thank you for my fastest sweater. <laughs> I'm definitely using that as appeal. I'm saving that. Uh, that's a see. That's a good. That's yeah. a good. And that wasn't even his, his best sweater. His best sweater was in the diner. Yeah. His, that was the sweater where it was just the reindeer, and he had a cow leg. That was uh, which was pretty funny too. The, the diner scene. Uh, Nick Cage flipping the table. You, you don't do that at a diner. No, that's a bad move. That's a that's a dick move. You don't do that, Dick Cage. So something that I missed out on in the four times that I watched this uh-huh. sparingly, um, they tricked Nick Cage into thinking he was a wanted fugitive. Uh, yeah, they th- they tri- the John Levitt's called the cops on him at the restaurant and, uh, and okay, stole his wallet. Okay, yeah. so I missed that major part of the movie because I was like, why is Nick Cage going along with this? Yeah, that was the whole thing. He's at the restaurant. He's telling like the menu, and John Lovett shows up and tells him, hey, uh, the cops are coming for you. Okay, real good, real bad part of this movie, the bank robbery. I want to talk about the bank robbery for yeah. a second because I think that <laughs> that bad. scene is... It's okay. Wild. Mm-hmm. First of all, Nick Cage is wearing those... those uh, Really cool glasses. Cool sunglasses yeah. that are like back in fashion now. From the Star TikTok, Trek glasses. TikTok teens are wearing those Absolutely. shits around. Yep. But he walks in, just starts yelling it's a bank robbery. It's like he's born to do this. Nick Cage was ready to roll. I I loved how ready to roll he was in it. It went on too long. Yeah, it was. They had to bring every single person back in. But John Lovett's trying to fill time. It's like this part was not written into the script. They're like, John, you got to fill time. So he's like, let's sing some Christmas carols. And then one of them was like, if you run, you will get shot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You'll all die. (laughs) And then, uh, and he kept, they kept asking, they kept doing the joke, like, raise your hand if you're this. And then everybody had their hands up already. So then they had to lower them and raise their hands again. Oh, oh. Quality jokes, in my opinion. Yeah, it worked. It's like you said, though, it was too long. So yeah. it's a real bad, real, real yeah, 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 worst. Yeah. If you could uh, recast this movie with a Muppet, who would you put in? Uh, my Muppet, <sighs> Dana Carvey is the obvious because he is basically a Muppet in this movie. Okay. Um, put Beaker in there. Beaker, you're gonna go with Beaker. Yeah. All right, that's fair. I, I would do the opposite. Uh, I, you know, as much as I love him, I'd take Nick Cage out. I put in Kermit. I want to see Kermit flip out against these brothers. Yeah, I think that, that would be, be really good. That would be good. That'd he, be really good. Actually, I'm gonna change my mind. The bank. We got to choose who didn't work. Bank family didn't work. Yeah, I hated him. Yeah. So let's. Yeah. The let, whole whole. Let, we got to recast the bank family. Okay. Except so re- for Sarah. Okay. So if we're to recasting them, bank everybody manager. except Sarah. Who, who's bank manager? Uh, Sam the Eagle. Yeah. Yeah. Easy for sure, peasy. Sam the Eagle. His wife. The wife, either Miss Piggy or um, uh, Jan from uh, Electric Mayhem. Are they the only two women in? As no, Muppets? there's more. <laughs> no, there's more. There's um, Who or one. No, uh, one of Gonzo's chickens. Yeah, Gonzo chicken. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And Gonzo then you could put, kind of sure. put in Gonzo as the bank manager. That'd be kind of sweet. Yeah. And then the son would be Scoot- Scooter. Scooter for sure. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Yeah, that's a good move because for he's sure he's so he's so uh, innocuous. He, he, he's exactly the same mm-hmm. as Scooter actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Kermit, we gotta go over here and do this over here. That's a little bit too Kermity. Um. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Any, any other recasting? That's, that's already a better movie. That's yeah, already a better movie. Already a better movie. Uh, I don't think you recast this movie. I think you just write a better movie. You just write a better movie. You yeah, just write have a, a script. It's one of the few times where I'm like, 
they had a, a good enough cast to make it work. Where yeah. I don't think that there's like there's not one solid thing where you're like this person makes the movie better. Bones are good. Bones are good. No, no, uh, no meat between them bones. Yeah, that's the that's the shitty part. Maybe give uh, Jenkins a couple more jokes because he nailed that dud joke. So I think maybe uh, maybe give him one or two more. But I think that I think everybody played their part right. You just needed you needed more. A little more sustenance for uh, for everybody to to eat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, any quotes that you wanted to say? I already said the one that I liked. Well, There's I didn't a- hear this one, but apparently this is one. It's uh, in the Furpo family. Uh, the man with half a brain is king. I didn't hear that one. Bill did say that. Apparently, that's, uh, that's part of it. The the whole thing about the Furpos is how dumb they are. I thought the mom was uh, pretty funny too. I thought the two mobsters were just like whatever. Um, really dumb. Yeah, mobsters whole, were so like that out whole storyline was just weird. It yeah. was very forced. Yeah. yeah. Overall though, ninety nine percent this movie. No, oh, for me, here's for my me here's my favorite. Here's my favorite quote. Are you ready for my favorite quote? Yeah. Okay. Here it is. Thank you for my fastest swear. <laughs> yeah. That's the I way liked. the way Dana Carvey, uh, I did like. Another thing I like, Dana Carvey's inability to not steal was great. Yeah, that was a good the the kleptomaniac. Funny to me. Him. Funny yeah. to me. Yeah, thought it. Uh, I thought it played out. And John Lovitz just lying all the time. It right. worked into him having to improvise constantly, where they would just like make something up, and he would just constantly did. Yep. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> just like this movie, it just goes on and on and on, on and on and on and on and on. It's they just kept going and kept going, and nobody stopped. Brittany. Where you at? Where are you at? Why W A? Why? I'm right here. W Y A. No, I mean no, in the movie. <laughs> in the movie. Um. Uh, well, I was just thinking about the one scene when um, John Lovitz, Dave goes. Or he smells the, the gift. Why did he smell the gift? <laughs> when he got the uh sweater. The sweaters. From... I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just like scratched and sniffed it. <laughs> Maybe that was my favorite like quote. Uh, uh, the, the, his action. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I just yeah. that just reminded me of my favorite quote, which is uh, the the giblets. Oh Dana yeah. Carvey just asking for more and more giblet yeah. gravy. Where <laughs> he's just like, hey, can he, I get more gravy? His like bit of always of wanting more and more of one food. Very funny to me. Yeah. Where. That's ahead of its time and asking for something and then keep asking for it where it's like unfunny and then funny again. Yeah. Yeah. Really yeah. got me. Really got me. <laughs> oh, I'm laughing about it right now. Yeah, you are. Sounds like we need to remake this movie, Nick. Yep. Retrapped in Paradise. We're going to pitch it. We're going to do the same title, different movie. Yeah, Thanks let's do it. Me. Yeah, Trapped in Paradise. The reboot. 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 Reboot or same title, different no, movie? No, same title, different movie. All right, you idiot. Fine. <laughs> trapped in Paradise. Uh, trapped, but, I, but it has to start in a cage, and it has to be a Christmas movie. Uh, Those are the two. Oh, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll yeah, get to we'll it. Get let's to do it. let's do our game portion. The first up, top five. Top five. Top five. It is now time to do the ultimate top five that we've been waiting to. We've been building up for an entire year to do this all year, all fucking year. Twelve years of it. In Maybe not in Azkaban, yeah, but uh, I, it felt like Azkaban waiting all this time to do the top five Nicolas Cage movies. Uh, speaking of new holiday traditions, back to the beginning of the podcast. Sure, sure, uh, sure. Call me, back. Me and my girlfriend last year uh, watched Lord of the Rings, wow. and uh, this year, going through the Harry Potters. Wow. And she she didn't react to that that section that quote enough as she should have. Oh yeah. In my opinion, I think. I, in my opinion, you hear that in the movie and you stand up. You stand up. 
If you're in a theater, you stand up. If you're at home, you stand up and you say, that's it. That, that was the moment. He did his waving, 12 years of it, in Azkaban. It didn't, ha- it didn't have the impact that I really expected it to, watching Hi. somebody watch Harry Potter. Oh, brother, <laughs> this guy stinks! You know, some people just don't like it as much as you do, apparently. Yeah, there you go, there you go. Okay, time but for our top five cages. Top five Nick Cage movies. Of all time. Of all time. Of all time. time. So so what's your criteria for this? Are you going Doesn't movie? have to be good. You Doesn't going, have to be bad. Yeah, you go in movie, you go in performance, you're doing a little bit of both. A little bit of both. You gotta combine the performance in with the movie, but but there's some solo performances, some heat check moments that you have to acknowledge. Yeah, I did a little uh, premeditation on this and I got mm. I got to around ten. I had a top ten that was pretty easy to do. Interesting. My top ten, I was able to do it and then Getting down to the five is really what, what what made it tough, in my opinion. I could I could see that. I could see that. So what's your number five then, Nick? You're probably better at this than I am because there's a couple movies where I'm. Yeah, the, the, it it's gonna in, take. In check. Yeah, it's gonna take some. It, it really depends what kind of cage you're you're into. Right. You know, are you into uh, action cage? You into drama cage? You in a new cage, old cage, young cage? I'm across the board, brother. I'm across the board, brother. Okay, yeah. So I'm trying to go a little bit of everything. All right. That's kind of where I was at, too. Sounds good. So I want to go one understated cage, which I'm going to put my number five. Okay, yeah. I'll agree to that. So it's cage downplaying cage. It's like the least cage performance he can do. Okay. And I'm going to go this year's movie, Pig. Pig. You're going to put Pig on the board. Pig's hitting my five uh, just because I think that it's it's type of cage he doesn't play that often Mm -hmm. or nearly ever. And still really works and makes you remember that, oh, he's a good actor. He's a good actor. He so it's like actor. a Leaving Las Vegas cage, which I'm not a big Leaving Las Vegas guy. Never seen it. Yeah, he won an Oscar for it. But yeah, I know. It's just, it's more long than anything, in my opinion. <laughs> okay. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, my number five is the underappreciated role, uh, much, much, to, much to what you had to say, but it goes along the lines of. A thriller in the mid-90s. That's right. It's Kiss of Death, the remake, as him as Little Junior Brown, who is a, a gangster who just wears a wife beater the entire time and, and, uh, and uh, uses women as, uh, uh, as weights, as like he's lifting weights, but he's lifting women. Really? Yes. <laughs> yes. And he gets hunted by uh, Samuel L. Jackson and David Caruso. I've never seen that movie, but that you, sounds insane. It's an insane role. It's an insane <laughs> performance, and it's probably one of uh, his best. This is like pre-Con uh, Air, pre-Leaving Las Vegas. This is the movie he did right before Leaving Las Vegas. Okay, okay. Wow, that's wild. Yeah, I'd check it out if I were. Uh, Brittany, I don't know if you have a top... Do you have a, your top five Nick Cage? Do you want to do this, or do you want to just ca- want us to just come to you for three at the end? Um. I do have I do have five. Okay, you do have five. What's your five? What's your five? Uh, the f- fifth for me would be inconceivable. Inconceivable. Like inconceivable. Thriller drama there. <laughs> what what is inconceivable? That's where um. Let's see. Oh yeah, I, I didn't watch it. It is a movie a that he was in. Yeah. What year? Wow, I've never even heard of this movie. Directed. By Jonathan Baker, written by Chloe King. A mother looks to escape her abusive past by moving to a new town where she befriends another mother who grows suspicious of her. <laughs> Nick Cage is in this movie with Gina Gershon, Gershon and uh, Nikki Whalen. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, two, 2017. Wow. 61% wow. on on uh, audience score. Cool. So that's uh, interesting. Yeah. That's a, that's an unknown okay, for Okay, Brittany, tell us about this movie, please. <laughs> I didn't even know it was a movie until right now. Are you sure you were looking at the right movie? 
What There's you... another one I see. It's a 2017. That's yeah, that's the one. A, that's the one we're talking Gina about. Gina Gershon, Faye oh. Dunaway, Nikki Whelan, Jonathan Baker. All right, the description's a little different. Andrew Anyways. Phillips, yeah, Mysterious Whooping, n- Living Nanny. I love a good oh, a na- thriller like that. A nanny movie. <laughs> insider job, yeah. Like, All right, number four. <laughs> number four. My number four. I'm gonna go with um. I'm gonna go with Neurotic Cage ne- for number Neuro four. Cage? Okay. Neuro Cage is one of his other great roles that he can do. Uh, he he's able to talk fast and like in an ADHD way that a lot of people can't do. And uh, so I'm going Matchstick Men. Matchstick mm-hmm. Men's my number four Cage. Okay. okay. An underrated. Uh, I think it's a Ridley Scott movie. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah, just a, a a movie that I appreciate. That I I it was one of my teen teen movies that I was like, oh man, this movie's different than a lot of movies that I've ever seen. Someone ruined that movie uh, for me, and so I can never really uh, watch it. You saw it on a date? No, no. Someone ruined it. Like someone told me about the movie. At oh, the, the, end, the ending, the twist, yeah, the yeah. twist. And I was like, oh, I don't want to watch this movie at all now. Yeah, it's a bummer. Um, my number four. A little bit of an underrated uh, performance, but still, uh, still need to be talked about. His role as Big Daddy in Kickass, uh, when he was the when he played the nerdy uh, dad, <laughs> but could kill people in Kickass. Who Chloe Grace Moritz's dad really liked his role. Really liked how he embraced it, like he was ready to be a superhero, and that was just this like tryout role. He's always wanted to be a superhero. Always wanted to be one, and and he just happened to be that one, and he was good. He was good. He had like weird mannerisms. Yeah, he was good. His death was painful to watch. That's that's almost neurotic cage too, actually. Yeah, yeah, a little bit neurotic, a little bit uh, really into his role. Uh, Brittany, you got a four. Okay, again, okay, I haven't seen this one, but just by the synopsis. Willie's Wonderland on Hulu. That's supposed to be good. <laughs> he doesn't say a, a, a word in that film. Did you know that? It's, no, it's sixty-two percent on yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. It's though, supposed to be good. And it's out this year, so I'm gonna probably have to watch that. It's the ba- basically the Five Nights at Freddy's movies. Uh, I haven't, I haven't yeah. got around to it yet, but yeah, he shoot he all the uh, animatronics start attacking him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, I'm putting it at my top four because I feel like it's gonna be good. Yeah, you should and be it's good. better than all, any other ones that I've seen. So. Right. You're you're already you're, you're uh what's the you're ahead of the game. Yeah, you're ahead you're ahead of what you what your feelings. You yeah. know, you know what you like and you're ready for it. Yeah, yeah. You, let's you go. Wait, you're okay. great. So so top top three top three. I have five that I need to get into this top three. There's no way. <laughs> so, what are you doing? I got it. We're gonna figure out a way. Uh, so I want to do. But you ain't got no legs, Lieutenant Dane. So it comes down to heart and head, you know. You, you got to choose between your heart or your head. There's a movie that you love that's bad, and there's a movie that you know is good, but you don't love it as much. Movie you love. Movie you, you love. You go with the heart. You got to go with the heart. So that means number three, then, is National Treasure. Wow. The uh, first one? The first one, of course. Wow. The first one. Second one. A book of secrets? <laughs> wow. Second one's a book of garbage. That's what it is. Wow. Th- keep that in the Abraham Lincoln's tomb or whatever that was. He's cold as ice. Uh, I'm looking forward to the third one. But there's a reason people still say, I need to steal the Declaration of Independence. That's because this little this little movie changed everybody's lives. It's a it's kind of the Shrek of history if you if you think about it. How the Shrek? Can you elaborate? <laughs> the, yeah. the Shrek of history movies. So Shrek has had this weird phenomenon where people are like Shrek is a cinematic classic. I think if you think about a history movie, 
National Treasure falls into a lot of people's top. It's a monumental movie, but not compared to not compared to Shrek. Stealing monumental movies, hell of a heist movie. We're gonna steal that on steal that monument, and that's and that's my uh, that's my cage leading man movie uh, go to. As far as like normal leading man, he's not like super eccentric in that movie. He's just eccentric enough, but he still plays like a pretty normal person. Okay, so that's my normal cage. Normal cage. Okay. Uh, number three for me, it's a, I don't know if it's an, uh, it's a perfectly rated movie or it's a movie that wants to be, uh, underrated, but could be also overrated at the same time, but it's a great movie. Um, nonetheless, and I feel like it should be higher on the critic score. It's a, a Lord of War. Yep. He's great in Lord of War. Like he surprisingly, he surprisingly is as level as can be for being a, a, a wacky movie. Yeah. Lord of War under, underrated. Kind of forgotten in time, especially in the cage genre. Uh, yeah. Ouvre. Yeah. It got Ouvre. overshadowed by a lot of stuff, and I don't remember what exactly. Good movie, though. Good movie. And he produced it. Who would have knew? Uh, Brittany, what's your three? Too much about guns in that movie, though. Oh, yeah, sure. Because <laughs> that's the whole point of the movie. I'll put my number three, um, episode 116, at Ghost Rider. Ooh. Why Ghost Rider? And- I have to ask. I would say the no. I don't know. You're mo- <laughs> you don't know. You're a motorcycle no. head. You like motorcycles. Yeah, yeah. Sure. All right. <laughs> Nick, what's your um, number three with your head? My number three with my head. Because uh, you were going with your heart and your head. Yeah, my number your heart th- was national. My number three with my head was The Rock. Wow. But The Rock's out. The Rock's not even making it anymore. It's not even on the list. Number two, hero Nick Cage. I think we can agree on this one. Conair. Yep. Conair is my we number agree. two. Conair's great. Yeah. Conair's great. Overall, like outlandish performance, but with an outlandish plot, an outlandish director. So it works perfectly. Great hero story when he barely does anything the entire film. Yep. He literally fights two people the entire film. It it's the like. least cage performance looking back to is like he's, he's like, so serious. He's doing like the southern serious drawl yeah. the whole time. Yeah. He's so serious. Just plays it super straight. Doesn't really yell in the whole movie. Yep. Except uh except in anguish, maybe. Yeah. Has has some real motivations of like kindliness, which yes. you don't really get in a lot of cage roles. So yes. um it, it just stands out as as a and it's and it's just crazy rewatchable movie. Yeah, it is. It is. Um Brittany, you're number two. Unless is that your number one or your number two? Steven. Uh no, dude. That is my number, number two. two. No, oh, that, that is my number two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, shit. Just I'm just going based on movies I've seen, guys. Don't ask me why. Always I like always them. go with the ones you've seen. Yeah. Don't 160 me. seconds, which is our episode number 60. It's great. Let's ride. Let's ride. Let's ride. <laughs> It's great. It's fantastic. That's it's a fantastic it's role. It's my honorable me. mentions for sure. It's it, in it made, honorable it made my top 10. It made my top 10. It's definitely in the honorable mention for me as well, but um, it's not my number one. Nick, what's your number one? My number one, it's between two cages. Mm. As we always say, you know, mm. life is a tale of two cages. Yes, it uh, is. There's two wolves inside of you, and both of them are Nick Cage, and both of them are crazy. Uh, my, so Crazy Cage is the number one cage of all time, right? We can agree on that. Uh, we can't agree on that. You don't think yeah. crazy, crazy cage? Yeah. Well, well, in this manic, in this, manic, maybe in crazy this movie, cage. Yes, maybe in this movie, uh, I would agree. Um, I'll have to give it to it, even though I've only seen it a few times. Well, I, I, I'm between two, actually. I yeah, I have an honorable mention, but he's not manic in the in the other one. So okay, my two are between my number one is either adaptation or face off, 
Mm, yeah, I didn't even think about Face Off. So yeah. I have to, I have to go with he, the heart on this one and go he, adaptation. He plays two roles in both films. Yeah, and, he uh, does. And uh, it's hard, to, it's hard to differentiate, honestly, especially when he's, uh, especially when he plays a green screen version of himself. Um, yeah, <laughs> adaptation is is just uh, something I didn't think Nick Cage could ever do. It's a wild film. Yeah. And it's more about Cage than it is about uh, Travolta, too, you know? Hot take. He should have won the Oscar for that. Oh, yeah. Then then leaving Las Vegas. Like, that should have been his Oscar-winning role as adaptation. I concur. Yeah, it was a great, great good movie. Good doctor, good doctor. I concur. Yeah. He was nominated. Uh, he was nominated, yes. Who, who won that year? What do, who do you think? 2003 for the 2002 movie year. Um, It was... um. It oh, was, it was the. It, it was, wasn't Gladiator, right? No, it was that kissy Miss Kitten, kissy Mister Kiss Face, big nose boy. <laughs> our uh, our our man, kissy McKiss Face. Yeah, kissing ladies left and right. Oh, um, Chris uh, Noth <laughs> on stage, on stage, kissing people. Oh, kissing people on stage. One of the most one of the fa- most famous Oscar moments of all time came out of this. Oh, person. Adrian Brody! Yep. He won for the goddamn penis. He won for the penis. Wow. Uh, other people nominated that year: Daniel Day Lewis, Gangs of New York, yep. Michael Caine, The won. Quiet American. Yeah, no, never heard of that movie. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, Jack Nicholson in About Schmidt. Yeah, uh, it was kind of a I weak year. Ca- I think Cage is better than Brody in that movie. Uh, Cage is better than Brody, but I don't know if he's better than Daniel. Is Day. he better than Daniel Day? I yeah. think that might be Daniel Day's. But that's the issue. Underrated best role. It's is Daniel Day a supporting actor in that film, or is he the main? Because he ain't the main. I think that he could have been. He, if it was supporting, he would have cleaned up, because Chris Cooper actually won for adaptation in that year, yeah, which, he I, which he was yeah. like, you couldn't look away from him in that movie. I thought he was fantastic. Oh, my God. Yeah, Toothless. Uh, Christopher Walken, also nominated for Catch Me If You Can. Catch Me Outside. How about that? Uh, my number one Catch film. Catch these hands if you can't. <laughs> uh, I got to give the honorable mention. I really wanted it to be my number one, but I just can't. Um, uh, but honorable mention goes out to... Uh, Raising Arizona. Yeah, Raising Arizona was the only one that was like, should have been in my five, but I put Pig in there instead. Yeah, I think put Pig in there like a stupid little piggy. Um, <laughs> I agree, though. It's adaptation. Uh, I wanted to say it, it was face-off, but but you convinced me of that adaptation. Um, yeah, just a, just a phenomenal role. Um, you should just go with Raising Arizona. No, I'm go, saying face-off. No, I'm saying face-off. Go face-off. Face-off is the number one face because off. John Travolta, John Woo... <laughs> You got two fighting two Johns. You got you're cutting off your own face. You got to go to prison. You got to pretend that you're face. Man, man, there's so much. Oh going man, on. and he has to act like John Travolta acting like him. Yes, and at first he's he acts like him, but then he acts like John Travolta. Yeah, and then yeah. Imagine doing triple layers of acting in that Fantastic. situation. Unbelievable stuff. Face slash off. Yes, great title. One of the best uh, gr- grammatical titles of all time. Yeah, Castor Troy. Honorable Man, mention. I really thought you guys agreed on something. No, we were about to, but we decided not <laughs> we to. We agreed on uh, Connor. <laughs> Brittany, what's your number one? Brittany, what's your number one? I don't think there's any surprise here, but national it's definitely treasure. National Treasure. Yeah. National Treasure. <laughs> national Cash and Treasures. I used to watch that at my cabin and then in the Da Vinci Code, too. So I'm all in that hunt. <laughs> It was hunting for treasure. Big treasure hunting phase. Yeah, there, there was a yeah. time where Brittany everybody, really excited everybody was into that at all times. Brittany is so excited for Uncharted; it's not even funny. <laughs> oh, we should do National Treasure for that. Yeah, National Treasure too. Yeah, for sure. Oh wow, I'm down uh, with that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and now let's ta- let now let's give the same title different different movie. Same title, different movie. The movie's name 
It's trapped in paradise. Right. It has to start in a cage. Right. And it has to be a Christmas movie. Right. Here's what I got. Right. A week before Christmas, there's a pilot played by Nicolas Cage. Solo pilot likes to uh, travel around the globe near Christmas time. He's uh he's going to, he's coming in to surprise his lady lover. He's wearing a Christmas outfit. He's having a good time. Crash lands on a random island. Mm. His plane totally damaged, tough to fix. They do have an airport, but it's going to take a little while to fix. He's in a Santa clothes. He comes out. The people of the island don't have much, but they do know that that man is Santa Claus. And he says, no, I'm not Santa Claus. They're like, no, you're Santa Claus. And then he says, yes, I am Santa Claus. Oh, boy. And then St. Nick has to be Santa Claus for the entire week until his plane can get fixed. And he goes from being a, a, a selfish, lonely pilot to being, you know, maybe there is something to be in this Santa Claus. Trapped in paradise, uh, starting Nick cage. This sounds like the Santa Claus 4. Like Tim Allen could easily <laughs> could easily fulfill this role. Yeah, but it's even better with Nick Cage as a selfish pilot. Yeah, as a selfish pilot. Yeah, I guess so. Um, all right, trapped in paradise. Nick Cage is a is a family man live, uh, going to visit uh, relatives for the holidays. Uh, it just so happens his his brother, who's hosting everybody for for the year, is uh, li- is living on a theme street. That's right, a Christmas theme street. Okay, like one of the ones that you see in the suburbs, and it's called <laughs> Candy Cane Lane. Yes, exactly. Like candy Cane, cane Lane. Like Candy Cane Lane, except it's called Paradise Lane <laughs> or Paradise Drive, whatever. Avenue and it's uh, fully lit up. He, they get there on, on December twenty third. Um, he he wakes up the next day. He's about to go on a. He's about to go do last minute shopping or whatever because his brother was inept and didn't buy a turkey or something. You name it, and gets hit by a car and dies. <laughs> wakes up, wakes up the next morning, and it's Christmas Eve morning again. That's right. It's a Groundhog Day themed. <laughs> Themed uh, Christmas film called Trapped in Paradise, where he has to figure out why he keeps uh, 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 dying or, or keeps waking up the same day on, on Christmas Eve and figuring out, you know, it's Groundhog the Day true ha- me- versus Happy Death Day on Christmas. The true meaning. Of He's got to find his Christmas spirit. Yeah, you got to exactly. find Christmas spirit. Exactly. <laughs> How do you like me now? Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Brittany, which, which movie are you buying a ticket to? Well, I'm pretty sure Crash Landing on the Random Island could be sold directly to Hallmark right now. Wow. <laughs> Are you saying it's bad? But, <laughs> yeah, but in a good way that people will like it. Okay. I'm going to go with the um, the repetition. Oh, yeah. I ween. I ween. That I dies. Ween. Well, he doesn't die. He just, you know, so, things happen. Like, it's he'll die done. this day. That, that's or, a hallmark. Or he'll go to sleep been. on Christmas Eve and he got in a fight with his wife and it's Christmas Eve again. Like, on, on uh, yeah. Just like all, all things bad during Christmas happens and he has to figure out how to have the perfect Christmas Eve so he can move to Christmas. Did you see that uh, movie Palm Springs? Yeah. Yeah. Sort yeah. of like that. Except there's no. Is it going to have. Yeah, time portal. <laughs> There's no stupid time portals. <laughs> no, that was Spoiler good. Spoiler alert. I love that part. That was good. Um, final was, thoughts. Uh, man. That movie was both in both of our top tens of that year. Yeah, I know. Go ahead. What's uh, now for our final thoughts? Final thoughts. Better than the Big Green? No. Not better than the Big Green. Surprisingly, but, no. But uh, not even Nick Cage's best Christmas movie, which is 
my real recommendation, I'm recommending The Family Man. Is that what it is? Oh, because that's the it's that's, the sliding doors thing. That's right? sliding doors with T. Leone, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, Taya, and Don Cheadle, and right? Don Cheadle as the as the ghost, as the angel, or the something. angel, yeah, whatever he is. The Family Man is a wannabe like uh, it's a Wonderful Life. Is that what it's supposed to be? Kind of, yeah. yeah. It's actually it's yeah. like reverse Wonderful Life. It's it's a Wonderful Life basically. Mm. Yeah, stupid. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> I've never fallen so hard for a uh, a woman in a movie as I did for Taylor Leone the first time I saw oh that my movie. Goodness, you're so. Funny. I always talk about it. This is maybe the fifteenth time I've mentioned that. In you the really podcast. love Taylor Leone. We gotta I get love you a her. cameo. I love her. We gotta get you a cameo for for your birthday. Oh, or that would be awesome. You uh, think she's on cameo? I doubt it. He's for, for sure is. Uh, my real recommendation: Finally, watch Macbeth of 2015, the Michael Fassbender, <laughs> Mary Uncle oh, Tiard Macbeth, <laughs> nice. directed by our, our Australian friend. Um, you know, that guy who directed uh, um, Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed? Yeah. He directed Assassin's Creed immediately after this. Oi! Yeah. <laughs> Oi! Yeah. Assassin's Creed! Yeah. Uh, damn. Out, damn spot. Uh, uh, what's, <laughs> what, what's your blurb? What my little blurb is um, much, like the, uh, much like the actors uh, behind the scenes and within the film, uh, this movie ain't no paradise. Yep. I, no paradise where he from. What's your blip? <laughs> welcome to paradise. <laughs> okay. That, that's it. It's Green Day singing Welcome to Paradise. It's Green Day singing Welcome to Paradise over and over and over and over. That's my blurb. I'm going to feature movie. that in the in the, re- in the same title, different movie. Uh, Brittany, what are your final thoughts on the movie Trapped in Paradise? What do you think? Is it is it over oh. for you yet? Yeah, it's over. I'm definitely. I saw the court scene and it was actually really. Heartfelt and sweet Aww. in the end. See, Richard Jenkins just, really was so heartfelt. Yeah, he was good. <laughs> Might have to watch it again. Really? You want to watch it again? Well, I don't know if I want to, but <laughs> I definitely <laughs> want to actually watch it for like all the way through. Don't worry, it'll be on USA uh, Network for like three days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it could be an after, you know, uh, background. It could be an okay background uh, Christmas movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You put that Christmas on during day, Christmas party. Throw yeah, it on. yeah, all your opening pro- presents. After, after you do our favorite Christmas movie, which is, of course, Muppet Christmas Carol. Yes, and uh, in between that and Eight Quazy Nights. Eight Quazy Nights. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you guys already talk about why you like this movie or why you chose it? We picked this movie because it's not only the Nicolas Cage movie, so it wraps up our uh, uh, trapped being in a caged uh, 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 year. It also is the end of Christmas, so it's our it's our Christmas film yeah. as well. That's why uh, we're doing. Did you guys, it. did you guys have a bond over it? And uh, oh yeah, a ba- quick background. I I remember this film, which is why I brought it up to record because no one else will remember. I never this heard film. of it. My brother uh, was a big fan of this film uh, growing up. Watch this routinely when it was on television, oh, even so, when it wasn't Christmas time. So it was the plot keyword brother brother relationship. Brother brother really, relationship re- really made this all come together. We just together. didn't loop it back in. Yeah. Wow! Shout out to your brother. Merry yeah. Christmas to yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. Happy Speak- holidays. Happy holidays to all, and to all a good night. And uh, we uh, got some big. Uh, oh yeah, we got to do the big, 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 yeah, big, big, big announcements. Uh, next year, uh, we're going to take off the month of January, uh, and we're going to try to get ahead. Of podcasts. Sure. Whatever that means. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have a new release schedule. Yeah. The 1st and the 15th. Payday. That, yeah. When them checks come out, that's when you know Real Rotten. We're out. a payday podcast now. Yes. All payday every day. Even the candy bar. We're going to start on February 1st, and the movie is Kung, Kung Pao. Pao. Enter the Fist. We're doing Kung Pao, Enter the Fist, an all-time 
All movie. time, all time problematic. Now problematic. Movie. Yeah, we've been waiting a long time to do this. It's been problematic for years, and now we're ready to roll. Now it's going to be roll. great. I can't. I'm looking forward to it. Follow our uh, social medias at Real Rotten on everything. We promise to be more active this year and on time. Uh, we yeah. won't be releasing. Uh, <laughs> Podcast months after they happen. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> while you're listening to this on January 3rd. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so if you have anything uh, you, you want to be part of the new year with us, the new Real Rotten, 126 episodes uh, going on to the next year. Uh, yep. 126, new new year, new podcast. Great new year, new podcast. We're ready to roll. Love 126. It's been three years of this podcast, and uh, shockingly... I think. Shockingly, we're consistent. Three years or four years? Three, four, four. Entering four. Entering four. Yes. 2017, well, it's, it, it's been a pleasure. Uh, Brittany, I'm glad you've been able to be on a couple of these now, uh, now that you're a, we're, you're our new producer. I just, w- I just want to... Ev- other ones are dead to us. I do want everybody to know this is 300 hours of our lives <laughs> <laughs> that, we, uh, that we want people to know about yes. somehow, some way. So, yeah, we're dedicated to doing more of letting people know about it part rather than just us doing this part. Yep. Uh, so stay real. Uh, keep it rotten. Uh, enjoy uh, enjoy yourself. Stay keep safe. Keep it real, yeah. Keep it rotten. Stay uh, safe. Yeah, as they always say. And uh, have Maybe. a holly jolly Christmas. Yeah. Have a holly jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year. Some films are ripe, some films are rotten We like our potatoes, our gratin You watch a film, but you can't even But here comes Nick and Steve And they break it down, they turn it out And when it was over, you wanted to shout I want my money back that was real rotten Real fucking rotten Yeah.